Hello and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, the show where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. Some practical lessons to keep. We're looking at Vayetze over here now, and we're moving the, the story now from Avraham, from Yitzchak, really to focusing now on Yaakov. Yaakov is the personifier of truth, of MS. Here he leaves his hometown, he leaves his family, going to Lavan to find a wife. The Pasuk says, we're going to focus on it in a minute, it says, Vayetze Yaakov mi be'er shava vayela charana. Yaakov is leaving from his town. He's leaving from his family. He's going to go to find his wife from the family of Lavan. We're going to look at that in a second. That comes from Perak Chavchet, Pasig Yud. The idea, though, to focus on is the idea of moving, the idea of leaving, going to another place. Yaakov is someone that leaves behind his hometown, leaves behind his family, going to love and to find a wife. What happens when we move? What happens when we leave? What happens when we go somewhere? Do we really make a difference? After 120 years... What happens? My dad left this world over 20 years ago and left behind him, besides for his family, a wonderful legacy, a wonderful name, wonderful deeds, wonderful impacts, wonderful things that he's done that people still speak about to this day. When a person leaves somewhere, not just leaving this world, but even within this world, within that 120 years, when they leave somewhere, if they did good, and they made an impact, everyone can feel the physical or emotional loss of that person leaving their town, leaving their lives, and leaving their area. And of course, it doesn't just mean, God forbid, losing the person literally that they die, but even if a person moves geographically to another location, I used to live in a borough in the city, now I live in Long Island. You lived in Texas, and then you moved to Jersey. Did Texas miss you? Does Texas miss you? Or you went from California to Florida. Does California miss you? Or you went from Rhode Island and you went to Massachusetts. Does Rhode Island feel bereft of your presence? Does that state be different in a state of mind, in a state of being, because you're not there anymore? What happens when you leave behind that town? Is there a void? Is there a lack? Is there something that's missing? Is something that's not there anymore? That's how we know we make an impact. That's how we know we make a difference. If the town doesn't just feel the same, people say after you leave, if they still touch base with you, it doesn't feel the same without you. This town doesn't function the same without you. You know, these great rabbis who make Aliyah, the towns that they left behind, they feel the void, they feel the difference, they feel bereft of their presence, the yeshivas they taught at, the schools they taught at, once they go to the new location, they're missing them terribly, they're missing them because they did an impact, they did such good work, obviously they had to go where it was right for them, they wanted to go live in the land, the holy land of Israel is wonderful. Or even if they move around the world, going different places, taking care of what they had to do, that's how they know they made a difference. That's how they know 
that they made an impact. When we move from place to place, the real essence of moving is understanding that we're moving towards something, but we left something behind. We made an impact behind. We made a difference behind. We actually altered someone's life for the better. We altered the community for the better. We were involved with chesed. We were involved with Torah learning. We were involved with mitzvahs, so many mitzvahs. We wanted to be that not just after 120 years we leave a good name, but even in the town we leave behind, we did such good as well. Yaakov left behind all these things. He left behind his family. He left behind the town. He was all alone. He was asking Hashem for basic necessities as he had nothing to give to anyone. Rashi points out in Parachav Tet, Pasuk Yud Aleph, that he cried as he met Rachel. Why was he crying? He didn't know anything about her yet. He didn't know how difficult it would be the seven plus seven years he'd have to work for her. He didn't know she would die so young when having Binyamin. Why was he crying at this point? So Rashi points out one of the explanations is since he came empty-handed. He said, Eliezer, my grandfather's servant, had nose rings and bracelets and sweet fruits in his possession. I am coming with nothing in my hands. Reminds me of the idea we've talked about many times on all the shows. When we come to this world, we have nothing. And we leave this world, we really have nothing. We take nothing with us besides for our good name, what we left behind, the Torah and mitzvahs we did. But we come into this world with nothing. We're trying to grab everything we can as newborns, but we really don't have anything with us. We have to acquire things over our life, over our time. So he had nothing in his hands. Why? Why did he have nothing? I'm sure he took a lot of stuff with him. No, if you're going on a trip, you're going to take stuff with you. Take some money, take some food, take something to do to keep yourself busy. So why did he have nothing? You don't think Yitzhak and Rivka sent him with stuff? So it is because Eliphaz, the son of Asaph, had pursued him to kill him at his father's orders. He, Eliphaz, overtook him. But since he had grown up in Yitzchak's lap, he held back his hand. And some say it might have been that, that Yaakov was his Rebbe on some level also. His uncle Yaakov can't just kill him. He had a little bit of the Abrahamic legacy, the Isaacite legacy in him. He said to Yaakov, what shall I do about my father's orders? So Yaakov replies to him, take what I have, for a poor man is counted as dead. From Barashas Rabbah by Rabbi Moshe Darshan, pointed out by Rashi. So so to recap over here, Asaph's kid came to kill him at the behest of his father, but he didn't fully want to kill Yaakov, who presumably took a lot of stuff with him. So Eliphaz was in a conundrum of what to do. Yaakov explained there are four types of people who are considered dead on some level. One of them is someone who has saras. Someone is someone who's who's ill. One of them is someone over here lacking a part of life. One of them being a person without money or possessions. So Yaakov teaches to him. Yaakov tells him Eliphaz can be yotze on some level. He can be Yotze, quote-unquote, killing Yaakov by taking all of his stuff, which is what he did, which on some level makes Yaakov as if he's not alive on some level. He has nothing, no money to his name, no assets to his name, no possessions to his name. On some level, it feels like he's dead on some level. Obviously, he was fully alive at this point, but he really didn't have anything. He had left behind. He was moving from a place of having the material possessions. He was moving to a place of spiritual possessions because of course 
What's really important in this world is not the physical. Oh, the famous phrase t- tells us, either from Mishler or Kahalas, I forget. If you love money, you'll never be satiated with money. You want a thousand, you're going to want two thousand. You want a bigger house, you're going to want a bigger house and a bigger house. It's never going to end. You want a bigger car, a better car, it's never going to end. Someone who wants a hundred thousand grand is not going to really be happy with that. He's going to want two hundred thousand grand. Unless he really works on himself. Get rid of that stuff. Leave behind. Move behind from that materialistic point of view, from that materialistic aspect of living life, understand that really life is not about the material. The the life that we live, we only get 120 years. It's really about the spiritual, really about making yourself a better person, working on your spirituality, working on your neshama, working on your true essence, your true character, your true meaning, what you're supposed to do in this world. So Yaakov is leaving behind his family, left behind his possessions, moving into a higher realm maybe, moving into a higher spiritual realm, realizing he could only focus on Hashem, because Hashem is the only one with him. He, we know that even though he was alone, and he encounters the he encounters the place, he sees the stones, he has the dream, the ladder going up and down, but really he was alone, maybe physically on some level, but really in reality... He was definitely not alone. We know he wasn't alone because Hashem was with him. Hashem is always with us everywhere we go, everything we do with wherever we are. We could be confronting very difficult people, bosses. We could be confronting difficult co-workers or difficult students or difficult clients. Anyone we deal with, anyone we're, we're involved with, we might think we're on our own. We might think we're alone, even though people say, I'm there for you, I'm there for you, I'll help you, I'll help you. When it comes to push to shove, many times we have to do it ourselves, but we're still not alone. Because really, Hashem is always with us. Hashem, lo ira we're going to talk about now, in a second, what that means. We know we're not really alone. We know Hashem is always with us. He's stepping with us. He's walking with us. And many times He puts us on His metaphorical shoulders. Hashem puts us on His shoulders. Sometimes we forget that we're sitting on Him, but He's always there, always guiding us, always with us. David Amalek points out in Tehillim, Perakhaf Gimel, the very famous Tehillim that we say at uh, Shal Shudis, for those of you who say Zmiros or sing, this is a very famous one to do at Shal Shudis, talking about Hashem is with us, Hashem is taking care of us. Tehillim points out that David writes out, Hashem is my shepherd, I lack nothing. When we know Hashem is with us, we don't lack anything, we don't need anything, we just know Hashem is there, Hashem is taking care of us. Hashem is our best friend. Hashem is our provider. Hashem is there with us always. We lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to water in places of repose. He renews my life. He guides me in right paths as befits His name. Hashem is always lying us. Hashem is always bringing us places. We might not understand our life story. We might not understand why Hashem does things or Hashem is, is putting things on us or giving us certain circumstances situations. It might seem evil, but realize nothing evil comes from Hashem. Everything Hashem does is for the best. Gam Zulatova. Everything Hashem does is for the best. Komanda Avad Rahmana Avalatova. Nachamish Gamzu would say, the teacher of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva would say, 
Everything is for the best. Both those teachers would say the phrases in different ways, but Hashem always does good for us. We might not understand it. We might not see it. We might not realize. People say throughout history there was so much death, so much destruction. How could you say God was there? How could you say that everything we did, He did is good? We know that Hashem only wants the best for us. We might not understand things. We might not be able to see things, and we might think it looks horrible, horrific, and destructive, but everything Hashem does is for a reason, is for a plan, and for the good. Hashem wants only good for us might come in crazy ways we think crazy quote unquote but Hashem is always there we don't lack for anything we're always in green pastures when we realize he's with us he leads us to water Mayim Zutorah Mayim is water Mayim water is Torah and that's what we should grab onto that is our thirst quencher that is what we should hold on to he renews my life Hashem every day gives me life every day gives me a soul if you're breathing right now listening Hashem renews your life every second guides you in the right path as befits his name that's why whatever path you want to go on make sure it's a good path Hashem is going to lead you Hashem is going to put you down the path he brings you on the path you want to go make sure it's a good path make sure it's a wonderful path a path of Torah a path of chesed, a path of mitzvahs, doing good things to others, doing good things for others. Make sure to be involved with things that are in the right way. The most, the penultimate verse, the most important verse, maybe penultimate, not the right word, but the best verse to focus in on here right now. Though I walk through a valley of deepest darkness, I fear no harm, for you are with me. Hashem is always with us, even at the death store, even when we're alone, quote-unquote alone, even when we're traveling in darkness. The very famous song that was sing in World War II in the Holocaust, Though I walk through a valley of deepest darkness, I fear no harm, for you are with me. Hashem is always with me. Even the people during the Holocaust realized, at, even at the last second, Lo Elenu, Hashem is always with them. Hashem is the only thing to be unaware of, the only thing to think about, not to be scared or worried, because Hashem is right there. Hashem is with you always. Remember, Hashem is with you always. Even when Yaakov was walking on the way, we're all walking on the way. We should be cognizant and remind ourselves that Hashem is always walking with us. Hashem is always there with us. The essence of moving, the essence of leaving, the essence of walking is to realize, to understand, and to remember. Hashem is always there. Hashem is always with us. Hashem is always alongside us. So Yaakov wasn't alone. We shouldn't feel terribly bad for Yaakov, even though he lost his material possessions and left his family behind. Hashem was right there with him, the best friend a person could ask for. Kiviyachal, Hashem was right there with him. Though he was walking in a valley, walking in the desert, walking by himself, Hashem was right there with him. And you know, they say that it was Ketzvitzas HaZerach, Ketzvitzas HaDerach, Hashem made the derach shorter for Yaakov. He only took a few days to get where he needed to go, even though the trip probably would have taken a week, two weeks, a few weeks to get to where he needed to get. Hashem made it that he got there faster. They say, maybe Rashi or the sages say that he folded up all the parts of Eretz Yisrael under his head and he got him to, to Rachel and Leah to Levin's house much quicker. We should realize just as Yaakov was walking with Hashem, Hashem was always there. When we walk through life, 
When we deal with different things in life, when we're involved in life, Hashem is always there with us. Hashem, God, is always next to us. Don't ever think you're walking alone. Don't ever think you're going through something alone. Even if you're going through a difficult life period, a difficult life circumstance, a difficult life transition, whether it be you lost someone, Loa Leno, God forbid, or whether it be you lost a job, God forbid, or whether it means you have to make a very difficult move across the world, Lahavdil, or even something really happy that you, you have a kid or you you're, you're, you got a big house or you got a big job promotion and you're terrified of this new stage of your life, understand Hashem is always with you. Hashem is always walking with you. Hashem is always there for you. Hashem is right there alongside you. I don't walk alone. The essence of moving, the essence of leaving a place and going to another place is not just leaving behind a good name, not just leaving behind a good imprint, but understand who's leaving with you. Understand who's moving with you. Obviously, besides for family, if you're moving with a spouse and kids or with friends, understand who's really going with you. Hashem is with you. They say even when the Bnei Israel went down to Gullus and a couple of Parshiyot and Shemot, by Achish Shemot, when they go down to Mitzrayim, Hashem went down with them. Hashem himself put himself in Gullus. We should never think that we ourselves are alone. We should never think that we are in it alone. Hashem is always there with us. Even if we're walking through the valley of the deepest darkness, don't fear harm, because Hashem is with you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, wherever you're walking, wherever you're moving, wherever you're leaving to, Hashem is always with you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hashem's presence comforts me. Understanding that Hashem is with me is comforting to me. He's there for me. You spread a table for me in full view of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My drink is abundant. Hashem is taking care of us. Hashem is there for us. Hashem is ever-present. Hashem is involved in our lives. We just have to be cognizant of the fact that Hashem is in our lives, that Hashem is ever-present in our lives. It says, Patach li... Uh, I don't know the word exactly, but the idea of the phrase is open for me a tiny, tiny needle point for me to come in and I'll spread it so, so far that I'll come fully in, Hashem says. All you have to do is just let me in a little bit and I'll spread it open to the heavens and earth to allow Torah and and me and everything to come in. Hashem is always there, we just have to let Him in. That's why the Pasuk says later on in the Torah, Why does it say singular mikdash, but plural b'socham? Shouldn't see betocha? It should say, I made a, you make for me a mixture, so now dwell in the mikdash. But that's not what it is. The commentators, different rabbi sages explain, I don't know exactly who says, you make a mikdash, but I will dwell among you. Because within ourselves, we need to make a mikdash. We need to have the spot. We need to have the ability, we need to have the space, a mikdash within us, a mikdash ma'at within our own bodies, within our own neshamas, within our own lives to allow Hashem in. Understand He's right next to us, walking with us, allow Him to come in. If you, if you, if you cut yourself off from Hashem, God forbid, you close yourself off from Hashem, God forbid, He's not gonna come in, you're not letting Him in. Even open a tiny bit of a space, a, a little bit of the eye of a needle, a tiny bit of Hashem will come in, you'll let Him in. Understand that Hashem is there for us, but you have to let him come in you have to give him room to come inside that's what we want we have to need and want that relationship with Hashem to understand he walks with us just like he walked with Yaakov and all the Avos and all the great people throughout history all our ancestors all the way until today he drives and walks with us right 
next to us. Only goodness and steadfast love shall pursue me all the days of my life. We hope these wonderful words of Tehillim from, from David Amalek, we hope they come true, that only goodness and love shall pursue me all the days of my life. And David had a very difficult life, a very hard life. But he knew who his best friend really was. He knew who was there all along for him. Even if he stumbled, even if he fell, even if he had difficulties in his life, Hashem was always there. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for many long years. I shall dwell in the house of Hashem and make Hashem in your own house. Make sure everything you're doing in your house is by and by as much as you can according to the dictums of the Torah, your Shabbos table, full of Torah, full of singing, not full of gossip, God forbid, not full of Motsi Shemra or Lashon Har Rechilas, full of Lashon Tov, good speaking, good words, good ways about interacting with people, having a life full of Ahavat Chinam, loving people unconditionally, baseless love which hopefully could be how we bring about the third base on Mingdash. The key pasuk being at this wonderful psalm, this wonderful Tehillim that we talked about. Gam ki elach loi Though I walk through a valley of the deepest darkness, I fear no harm. I trust you, Hashem. I love you, Hashem. You are my best friend, Hashem. We should say and think all the time, if not every day. I fear no harm, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is what we should be involved with. This is what we should realize. Hashem is always with us wherever we go. Even if we move someplace, even if we leave someplace, even if we move something or leave something, even if we move from someone or some things or from some place, or we move to something or from something or someone or some place, we are never really alone. We never leave Hashem. He is always with us. Hashem is a best friend, our eternal companion. So two key points being to remember. When we move from place to place, we should realize that we should try to have made an impact, a lasting impression that it's a little bit bereft of us when we leave. The place is a little less bright for us when we leave, not because we have an ego or we have an arrogance or we're looking for honor, just so that we know we made a difference, we did something good contributing to the world. Wherever you go, you should make sure to contribute good, bringing good to the world, allowing good things in the world. When we move from place to place, the essence of moving is understand what we left behind, what we instituted behind, what we accomplished and created, and what we leave behind. Maybe we've set aside different Torah programs or institutions or wonderful things in our old community, and we could start new ones and branch out franchise in the new community. And understand when you're moving, when you're leaving, the essence being that Hashem is with you. You're not moving, God forbid, away from Hashem. You're not leaving away from Hashem, God forbid. He comes with you. He's alongside you. He's your steadfast best friend, partner in crime, obviously above and beyond in, in many, many, many matters. Anything else, of course, our spouses are really our, our best friends and our partners in crime, our partners in life. But Hashem, on such a higher, different level, Hashem is really always with us, really is our best friends, really is always with us. We just have to allow Him to come into our life. We just have to allow Him to be a part of our life. We have to allow Him in, give Him the spot, the little hole, to be involved in our lives. Within each of us, we have to allow Him inside, and then He could really feel to us like He's really a part of our life, even though He always was. He was always there. We just have to be cognizant of the fact that He is there. He was always around us. We have to realize how much so He really is there. 
The idea of understanding that when we move from a place we leave something behind comes up from a Rashi we're going to talk about in a second. When we talk about Vayetzi Yaakov, Yaakov, excuse me, went out from Arsheva, he went out, he moved somewhere, from something to something else. He moved, he left something behind, but he also went to something else. But he didn't leave Hashem behind, God forbid, he talked to Hashem along the way, he had visions of, of the angels and Hashem along the way. Hashem is always with us, Hashem comes with us. Hashem is always a part of us. We just have to remember that and keep it in mind. So the Pasuk again says, Vayetzi Yaakov Be'er Shava. Yaakov goes out, moves from Be'er Shava, and he goes to Haran, the opening part of our Parsha, teaching us about moving, leaving, doing different things. And Rashi picks up on this right away. Why does it talk about this? Why does it mention this, that Yaakov left, that Yaakov went? Did Scripture have to do that? Scripture, the Torah had only to write, Rashi points out, and Yaakov went to Haran. Again, the source is today. In general, we try to use Chabad.org, the wonderful, wonderful website. So today, also tonight, also we use Chabad.org. So Yaakov left. The Torah had only to write, Yaakov went to Haran. Why did it mention his departure? Why did it mention that he left? Why did it mention that he moved? Just say, Yaakov came to Haran. Just say Yaakov arrived in Haran. We know the Torah is very sparse in words and letters very often, but when it comes to the stories, the sages, the the righteous, many times it embellishes and, and gives a lot of wordage, a lot of wordage, a lot of verbiage to the story. So here it says Yaakov left. Why did it mention his departure, Rashi points out? Because this tells us that the departure of a righteous man from a place makes an impression. For while the righteous man is in the city, he is its beauty. He is its splendor. He is its majesty. When he departs from there, its beauty has departed. Its splendor has departed. Its majesty has departed. And likewise, it says in Rus, and she went forth from that place stated in reference to Naomi and Rus from Bereshus Rabbah. So why does it mention that Yaakov left to point out that the city wasn't the same after he left? His hometown wasn't the same after he left. They lost their majesty in some level. They lost the beauty in some level. In some level, they lost some, the, the splendor in some level. On some small level, if we move around, we go place to place, we move about, it should be that we left a little splendor behind. We left a little beauty behind. We left a little majesty behind so that when we leave, we have left something good behind, but it's also as if there's a tiny bit of a void because we were the people to do good things in our cities, in our towns, in our homes, in our communities, and in the world. Of course, Yaakov was on a very, very high level, but who's to say on a small level we can't accomplish that? Who's to say on our small level, wherever we are in this world, we can't accomplish that? My dad, 20 years ago, did great things, but after he moved on 20 years ago, they still talk about him. The righteousness, the impression, the beauty, the majesty, the splendor he had is still there on some level. People still talk about it. On our own levels, we should do so. While we're here on this world for 120 years, what majesty, what beauty, what impression, what splendor can we leave behind? The essence of moving is to understand when we move from this place to another place in the world, or we move from this world to another world, what can we leave behind? What can we have accomplished in this world? What could we have brought to this world? What could we have done for this world to be involved in this world? 
That's what it means when Yaakov left. That's what it means when a person who did good things in this world leaves. Not only leaving from this world to the next world, but even leaving one town to go to another town. One part of the world going to another part of the world. Ensuring that we establish good things in our time and place wherever we were. That we had beauty, majesty, splendor, and wonderfulness in some level, on some tiny level. The Lubavitcher Rebbe teaches, and this also comes from Chabad.org, that the story of Yaakov's journey to Haran is the story of every soul's descent to the physical world. You know, the soul, it's so interesting, the soul comes with the body. Two opposites. One is materialistic, one is spiritualistic. One is the behemoth, one is the animalistic, and one is the lofty, the ideal of the spirit. We talked about this in a lecture before, how they're always competing against each other, but we have to let the spirit, the ruchani, the spiritualism win. We have to take the, the mundane, the bahami, we have to take the animalistic and raise it. That's why we make brachos on food, and that's why we have family laws, and that's why we have laws on how to speak properly and act properly. We're supposed to take base elements of our animalistic goof of our bodies and raise it to the spiritual. The journey is the soul's descent to the physical world. The soul too leaves behind the spiritual ideal of Be'er Sheva, literally the well of the seven, a reference to the supernal source of the seven divine attributes or sefirot, sefirot from which the soul derives and journeys to Haran, literally wrath, a place of lies, deception, struggle and hardship. We realize in this world there's so much lying, there's so much fakeness, there's so much untruth. But we have to find the truth and live the truth. Even though this world has so much lie, deception, struggle, and hardship, we have to understand what to really be here for. Even though this world is a place in which the material concerns consume one's days and nights, sapping one's energy, confuses one's priorities and all but obscures the purpose for which one has come there in the first place, we have to understand that's not that's not the essence. We have to use the essence, Torah, Chesed, Mitzvah, understanding what we're really here to do. Yet it is in Haran, in the employ of love on the deceiver, not in the Holy Land and its tents of learnings that Yaakov founds the nation of Israel. Isn't that interesting? Yaakov has 11 of his kids while he's with Lavan's employ, while he's under the confines of Lavan. Not until later on does he actually have Benyamin when he's on the way back to the Holy Land. In the land of Haran, that's where he founds most of the nation. Yaakov founds the nation of Israel, most of it really. It's here that he marries and fathers 11 of the 12 sons who will become the 12 tribes of Israel. Isn't that interesting? Had Yaakov remained in the Holy Land, the life of this pious scholar who lived 3,500 years ago, even more, would have been of no significance to us today. God forbid. The soul too achieves its enduring significance only upon its descent into Haran. When the soul moves from the essence of being next to Hashem and moves into this materialistic world, we have the ability to elevate it, to captivate it, to bring it from the Bahami, bring it to the animal and bring it to the spiritual, to bring it and leave behind a good name when we move on from place to place. Only as a physical being, the Lubavitcher Rebbe continues, invested within a physical body and inhabiting a physical environment can it fulfill the purpose of its creation, which is to build a dwelling for Hashem in the physical world, to be involved in doing for Hashem in the physical world. That's what the real Mikdash is, making space for Hashem, making ability for Hashem, understanding that this world is for us 
to move about, to take the materialism and elevate it to the spiritual, to take the mundane and elevate it to a higher plane, to a higher purpose. Understanding when we're moving, when we're leaving, when we're going from place to place, whether it be from town to town or from this world to the next world after 120 years, understand we need to leave behind the beauty, the splendor, the majesty. Leave behind beautifulness. Leave behind good deeds. Torah, mitzvahs, and chesed. Just as our forefathers did and our own parents, our own fathers, my own dad left behind many years ago, we have to leave a legacy behind. Make sure we did stuff, accomplished stuff, did good in the world. You leave one town, what did you leave behind in the town? What did you do in the town? What happens when we leave and we move and we go somewhere? Do we leave a legacy behind? Do we leave an impact, a difference behind in the previous town and in the new town we go to? Do we make an impact in this world? We left behind a good name, hopefully. What did we do? Where did we go? Understand that Hashem is always with us. Hashem is with us and comes with us wherever we go, wherever we move to place to place. We hopefully leave a good name behind and we leave a good name in the town we currently reside, hopefully. But understand Hashem is with us only if we give Him the ability to come with us. We're never truly alone. Hashem is with us. Hashem moves us with us from plane to plane, from place to place. Hashem is with us. Even if we walk in the valley of the deepest darkness, don't fear because Hashem is always with us. Understand Hashem is with us. We don't leave him, God forbid. We don't move without him. He always comes with us wherever we go, whatever we do in our life. Even if we're moving from home to work or work to home, Hashem is with you. Hashem is next to you. Understand, what did you leave behind at home? What good did you do at home? And what good did you leave behind at work? What did you do at work? Were you Mikadosh Hashem, Mikadosh Hashem Did you do good around you? Did you leave good around you? Were you involved in Torah, Chesed, and Mitzvahs? Were you involved in good deeds? Were you a splendor for the town on some little level? Were you beauty for the town on some level? Were you majesty for the town on some little level? When we're moving around, when we're going around, understand we take our physical body, but we elevate it. We take the actions we do, we could elevate it with doing chesed, with doing mitzvahs, with being involved with good things and good deeds. Understand that Yaakov had to go to Haran. We have to be involved in the material world. We have to be around in the physical world in order to do good, in order to leave behind a good legacy, being involved in mitzvahs and Torah and chesed. We have to understand that our purpose in this world is to bring light, to bring goodness, to be involved in making the world a better place. Make sure the world is better off when you leave it after 120 years than when you came out of it. Was the world better for having knowing you? Is the town that you're currently living in better for having knowing you? Is the town that you left before if you moved better for having known you? Did you leave behind good things? Did you do good things? Were you involved in good things? Be involved, understand that possessions come and goes, but those chesed, those Torah, those mitzvahs is what's really all about, what's really involved, what's really important. That's what really makes a difference. That's what really comes with us. Our hands come into the world in clenched fists. We leave the world with hands wide open, with hands unclenched, with the palms open, because we can't take anything with us. We can't bring anything with us. All we could do is move place to place, move around in this world, and then move from this world to the next world, hopefully being involved in good things, hopefully being involved in mitzvahs, hopefully being involved in chesed. As we go from place to place, understand what you leave behind, understand what is left behind when you move, and understand who comes with you, who's always moving with you, who's always alongside you. Even if your family, your spouse, your friends are somewhere, Hashem is with you no matter where you go. Even if they're at home and you're at work, Hashem is still with you. It's not like He stays home. 
God forbid he's always with us. He always comes with us. He's our best friend. If we open up our souls, we open up our hearts to him, he could come in. Petach li. Open up for me, Hashem says, a little bit, a little opening, and I can rip it apart like to the heavens. I can let myself in once you let me in. Let Hashem into your life every day. A little bit of learning, a little bit of Torah, a little bit of chesed, a little bit of mitzvah, a little bit here and there what you could do to let Hashem in so that he could come with you no matter where you go, no matter where you leave, no matter where you move, no matter what you do, Hashem could come with you. Understand what we leave behind, a good legacy, good mitzvahs, good chesed, good beauty and splendor behind in the town when you go to another town and hopefully after 120 years, what you leave behind in this world when you go to the next world, all what we could learn from Vayetzeh, Yaakov, maybe Ershava, Yaakov went out, Yaakov moved. He left behind great things, great deeds, and went and did great things and great deeds, all with Hashem alongside, understanding that Hashem was always with him. So too we should be Zochem, to do great things wherever we go, whatever we did, wherever we moved to, or wherever we moved to about in our own life, taking Hashem with us every single day. Join us next time as we talk the Audio DT with Reb T, and I'm your host, Reb T.